Just, uh, yep, you hit record. You did it. Um, so I don't have an opening. I'm going to be honest. I don't know why I told you to do that. Uh, how you doing, Christian? What, what's going on with you, man? What, what's been <laughs> up this week? I'm just falling back on that old chestnut. Yeah. What's uh, Christian's life you. update? We've been, we've been debating for 10, 15 minutes. Like, I don't know. Should we just start the show? Who's got something to talk about? Like, listen, this is really stream of consciousness. I was talking to Jen Norris about that today. She was listening mm. to one of our episodes. She was wondering if she could like, be on one. But she's like, I don't know. I don't know about any of this stuff. And I'm like, I don't plan anything. What the fuck do you think is happening? But well, even less so. What does she mean so. she doesn't know? Like, what, what does she not know? Like, how, how we prepare? Like, what, what she would talk about? Yeah, well, she's not uh, sure about the show. So Jen Norris is going to be doing a podcast on our network called Crooked Roots, which I'm really yep. excited she, about. She designed our website. Yeah, to give a shout out to her. Fucking yeah. genius. She's amazing. Uh, and she got all our equipment, so she was asking if she could do a test run with the equipment. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, cool. But then she's like, I'm listening to the latest Where's My Burrito. So maybe it's me. Maybe I made the, the association. But she said, I was, I'm listening to the latest Where's My Burrito, and I don't know how much I can contribute because I don't watch Star Wars. Now, Max, we talked about this. Star Wars talk is like three minutes maybe and it's all funny it's all hypotheticals about admiral akbar being made yeah, of I mean, salmon or something <laughs> it's usually largely critical of star wars anyways it's not usually pro star wars you know yeah. at most it's making fun of some aspect of star wars do you think that's that was our fuck up man do you think like we uh because like we're alienating so many people who love those star wars movies man you know, do you think we can... we've really lost that many people <laughs> no. due to that no no but but you know what i'm saying like it's anytime you talk about anything controversial you know what i mean like like i'll tell you this we talked about spongebob on the double toasted show we talked about spongebob coming out as gay which is fucking hilarious to even say out loud by the way because spongebob didn't do a fucking thing spongebob doesn't have autonomy you know why because spongebob doesn't exist yet we've made him a gay icon man um, oh, wait yeah what you don't know about this oh shit all right listen man so nickelodeon came out nickelodeon put out a tweet for pride and they're like hey we're standing by all our pride characters and allies and they put up uh cora from like last airbender or some shit i don't know i don't mm -hmm. watch that shit uh and then they put spongebob up and then some trans actor and i'm sorry to be so reductive but he is a trans actor and that's important um and, and SpongeBob's all in rainbow and shit like that. Now, what's interesting is Steven Hillebrand came out and was like, hey, like, he's a sponge, he's like basically, bro. He's basically asexual, is yeah, what he's he said, a, right? A, well, like, and also evolutionarily, like, sponges don't fuck. Like, they're, they right. are asexual. So, it, like, it's factual. He was just sticking to the science, baby. But no one heard that. Nickelodeon came out and made him gay. And there's a fervor over it, man. There's a fucking fervor. And I think it's such an interesting topic. Well, I mean, there has been like a uh, a long-standing theory that all the characters are LGBT in some way. Like, you know, the Sandy Squirrel is like very kind of butch, you know, and like uh, Patrick and SpongeBob, they seem kind of like, uh, yeah. and then the Squidward, Squidward. is like the, yeah. the fussy, yeah. uh, you know, uh, finicky. But I, I don't the know. Flaming old queen Squidward is, yeah. Right. Um, and, and Squidward definitely out of all of them, I think, fits the... Uh, the, the the stereotype i guess spongebob's just enthusiastic man he's insane he's sponge is what yeah. he is he's literally insane yeah I, I looked at it as this really interesting thing because i'm like it's a little patronizing to me because it's like the gay community doesn't need your fucking permission they had already claimed him as like a gay right. icon you know what i mean so it seemed a little weird and pandering but i also think it's weird because the creator explicitly came out and was like i don't know guys like it's also a yeah. kid show like what are we doing here it's just as like like there's nothing in the text that says he's gay, right? 
Right. And that's my beef yeah. with it. I compared it to the Dumbledore thing, which I'm just like, unless there's all this coded shit, you know, Dumbledore. Yo, don't get me started on JK Rowling right now. You, what's, what's going on with that? She's what, being lovely, making wonderful novels. Have you read the Cormoran Strike novels? Bro, listen, as a fan of Dash Hammond, you of all people would really like these books. You know why? They deal with black magic max okay there's black magic in these fucking things dude well wow, you're really swerving from uh, what's in the news right now but continue with your black magic talk let's <laughs> no, hear i'm it. not i'm not i got nothing about black magic other than like that's racism and you're gonna have to atone for that later but uh, uh so, so so yeah okay i'm gonna have to atone for that he also wants me to buy him a camera to prove i'm not racist or something whoa listen i didn't even think about that but if you're offering to buy me a camera max specifically a black magic camera i'm not gonna say no in these turbulent times black lives matter so does black magic continue you're the one who started talking okay so uh jk rowling um came out recently um and said some more shit about trans people apparently i didn't really listen to it but then daniel radcliffe came out mm-hmm. and was like yo trans women are women trans men are men uh right. i lead with love and the same with rupert grint and i assume emma watson is out there saying that shit for a right. while now uh, how, how you how you feeling about old JK? She's becoming a real turf. Well, she should have known she's, that if you she's come at turfing all over the place. She should have known if you come at the rat, you're gonna get the cliff. You know what I mean? Like, so he came out uh, and strongly came out in opposition. And like, I don't know. She's the problem is that and I've already explained this, so it's sorry if I'm not super enthusiastic, but it's like she's fucking up on page one, bro. Like, this is what pisses me off about her because it's like you want to make your point. Fine, you're making a point about sex, which is a biological yeah. thing. That's fine, but stop conflating these two things. This is a page one issue. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. I, I I don't understand why she is this fucking vapid or seemingly lacking empathy or compassion for a marginalized group of people. But you well, can't also, say you're an like, ally right and now. Also, be a dick. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. that's weird because last week, like this week, we had like Trump repealing fucking trans rights and shit, which was nuts. And, like the Supreme Court, you know, they passed some part of it, but there's other places where trans people can straight up be denied shit for being trans which is nuts yeah it's it's pretty bad i mean but just like in the midst of like worldwide uh black lives matter protests and everything like this is the hill she's dying on right now like what why you know um and and it's like a weird thing with british people uh that i've seen and i know it's obviously like an american problem it's a worldwide problem yeah uh, discrimination against trans people but i've seen like a lot of famous british people like their Twitter feed becomes like this fucking uh, anti-trans thing, uh, like almost exclusively. Like the dude who made uh, the IT crowd and um, uh, Black Books, Graham Linehan, oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I followed him on Twitter for a while, but like after a while, his feed was just almost exclusively anti-trans shit, and I was like, "What is going on, dude?" So I'm, I unfollowed him. No, it's a phenomenon. Listen, I'm close to this. I, I got into it like a really and. In- I think a grown up and impassioned conversation with my mom. Right. Mm. Uh, and my mom is cool as fuck. Let's be perfectly clear. I'm a good liberal because my mom is a good liberal. You know what I mean? And yeah. what I mean by that is not buzzword, blah, 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 but like treat people fucking good. Like yeah. get to know who they are as people before you want to call them assholes. Uh, and certainly don't sweep generalize. You know what I mean? Uh, so my mom was like super fucking cool with, with gay people when I was a kid. So I grew up and I'm like, oh, it's normal because it's fucking normal. That's the fucking point. But we, we all have these weird hills that we, we get hung up on. And I think about Jeff and it's like, Jeff is a, like I've seen Jeff get out of his car when accidents have happened in front of him. You know what I'm saying? He's that guy. He's the kind of guy yeah. that like when, the, when there's help needed, 
he's going to step up. It doesn't he's matter. He's Batman. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's the Batman. Sure. But, but, but I, I, what I'm saying is I think that's indicative. I think when, 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 when real tragedies happen, our, our, our divisions go away for a little bit because we do see each other on the human level of like, Oh shit, that person needs help. Right. Like, there's, there's a pain. higher call to action right now. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, but, but, but like, Jeff has a problem with gay people, but not really. It's not like he doesn't believe that they should have rights and shit like that. It's that when he was a kid, his brother Derek, who was a gay man, like was gay in the 70s. You know what I mean? Where that was like a scandalous fucking thing. And we're acting like it's not scandalous. It was scandalous when we were growing up in the 90s. Like it's like Ellen DeGeneres was in the fucking closet until the 2000s, man. Like it's it's amazing. And this is really a, a showcase for how quickly times can change. It's really beautiful to think about how far we've gotten. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's pretty fantastic. Like I was thinking about like how regressive the 90s really were uh, pretty recently because like we, we look back at that time and think of it as a not very turbulent time. You know, it's a time when uh, fucking Nickelodeon and MTV were doing great and everybody was watching Rugrats and, you know, uh, growing out of their diapers and learn to ride bikes, at least you and me. Uh, but there was a lot going on, man. Like uh, even like uh, the fucking like, just uh what do they call it like gay panic scenes in, in television and film or whatever you know right. like where people freak out about like oh yeah i'm not gay you're fucking gay like that shit the, you know how i know you're gay shit from 40 year old virgin that would not be in a movie today which is you know, nuts like, that's 2004 which is 16 years ago now so like it's weird to fucking say that yeah, but that yeah weird. yeah i know time is a fucking cruel mistress man but so yeah. i'm thinking about it which is like so jeff is someone who like fundamentally is on board for equal rights he's like an egalitarian in that way but he mm-hmm. has principled weird fucking stands on shit so it's weird i was talking to my mom about trans and like my mom is you know near 60 years old you know what i mean sure. so like obviously she had some weird trepidation about it i mm-hmm. but i was able to talk to my mom my mom is a fucking person who can think and she's like oh okay and it was really simple i'm like mom do you believe people are born gay she's like yeah and i'm like okay so you you've made that first thing you made that first logical step so why can't you believe the other thing which is people are born in the wrong bodies you know what i'm saying and she really did come around on that because like there's so many there's so many fucking examples of that you know and i I, I came at her with compassion i told her stories of like about trans people and shit like that and she came away from it understanding she's like oh my god okay sure whatever uh and and my dad is and i asked her and i'm like do you think dad like he just doesn't get this at all. I didn't even have to ask her. I just, you know what I mean? I'm like, he just doesn't understand it. He's like, no, he doesn't. And that's really sad. Cause again, I know my dad's hard. He's like a good dude, but there is that, right. that, that mental block, like to go back to JK, which is like, there is a page one issue that you refuse to get past. And right. that's why you're not able to, to have a window into this world in an empathetic way. Yeah, I, I, I think that it, it goes back to any kind of uh, general bias or discrimination, uh, whether it's on you know race or sexuality. It's like most people that are transphobic usually don't know many trans people, if any. Of course. Right? So, so like starting there, or they don't engage with uh, media that depicts trans people in a positive light. And like, to be fair, like I was thinking about that, like the most depictions we got of trans people, they were criminals, they were psychopaths, like that movie sleepaway camp the big twist is that oh like it's a trans man at the end that's been doing all the killing and she's not the you know sweet little girl that we all thought she was it's a trans man that's a psychopath or like a uh, fucking buffalo bill from silence of the lambs much as i love that movie 
you know, trance. Uh, Sleepaway Camp is a dope yeah. fucking ending, though. Let's just be perfect oh, yeah. here. Yeah. It's dope, but like it, <laughs> time after time, yeah, if every depiction of trans people is some version of that, then yeah. like, totally. yeah, like we're, there's going to be transphobia. And if you don't know any trans people personally, like there's, that's just going to kind of continue like that fucking echo chamber yeah. uh, or at least a lack of understanding. Um, so I'm not saying, you know, go out of your way to become friends with trans people if you don't have any in your circle, but it wouldn't hurt, you know, right. like the, the more I've gotten to know, like that's how normalization happens. That's how understanding happens. That's how you fucking break down those barriers, get to know people. I actually don't know where my parents land on this. I've never really talked to them about it. I'm um, so we're going to, going to ask you about it, man, because I love your mother very much and it would break my heart. But again, what I'm trying to understand is like, let's think about this, the, their age, you know what I mean? Like they were raised mm -hmm. in different times and you have to think about that. Like well, it doesn't excuse their, the ignorance. It just means that you have to be able to like prepare yourself yeah. for the conversation. Well, I hope my mom doesn't mind me saying this. She doesn't really listen to this podcast as regularly as I think your mom does. But um, uh, I did have a conversation with her recently about the Black Lives Matter protests. And she was basically like, I've been like gently convincing her that they're a good thing. Um, but I think she sees it immediately as, you know, angry people protesting and looting stores. And that's all she kept coming back to is like, oh, but they're burning down the stores or they're, they're lighting the things on fire. Why are they doing that? And it's so, it's so violent. And it's like, I just wish it wasn't so violent. And it's like, that's not really the point that doesn't really represent the entirety of the protests either. Right. Like let, let, let's move past that point. Why aren't you as upset about the police brutality that we're seeing on display every single day? So I'm right. like moving the needle on that conversation, but it really does again, come back to like, it's a certain age, you know, uh, it's a certain frame of, of reference. It's not malicious. It's just, you're, uh, that's the thing. It's like, again, I know your mom. You obviously know your mom. Your mom's a mm -hmm. fucking angel. Like she's amazing. So yeah. like, there's no, like that, but then but that being an amazing person doesn't make you fucking like exempt from being wrong sometimes, you know what I mean? Right. Or being flawed or, or not acknowledging privilege and shit like that. And I know that's like this buzzword, fucking white people. When you talk about privilege, they freak <laughs> the fuck out. And it's like, no guys, come on. Like, don't do that. Like the sister angels. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. No, but that's what I mean. It's like I, I was going to do a shit. bit where I freaked out, you know, but yeah, I'm good. I, I, I'm not trying to be rude. What I'm saying is like, you know, that is a real, that's the first hurdle for a lot of people is just getting yeah. them to admit that their experience has been a luxurious one compared to a whole group of people. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and again, if you can get past that page one, then you can usually get well, on the next train you know i mean john stewart said it really well i know we're not being funny right now i'm sorry there's some serious shit going on in the world but john stewart came back a little bit uh, i don't know if you saw that interview uh, but he put it really well when he said that police have basically existed as a border patrol between two americas and like people were happy as long as they were keeping the others on the other side of the border and whether or not you want to admit that to yourself is on you. Uh, but that's sort of the conversation we should be having. That's an interesting way to, to kind of look at it. I think that a lot of people uh, without, with no malice of forethought or whatever, uh, see angry black people marching and they get scared. And their, their immediate reaction is, oh, why? Yeah. Everything was going fine. You know, yeah. why can't they but be? I think, well, you know, you know, and I'm sorry, you're right. We're not being funny. But I was talking to our friend Solar. And Solar was like, you know, the face of racism, it isn't David Duke, man. You know what I mean? The face of racism are, isn't the fuckers who are marching and saying juice will not replace us, blood and, and, uh, and soil. You know what I mean? Um, 
it's the people who are very innocuous and don't mm-hmm. understand. You know what I mean? Like the people who don't even get it, where they they see a black pe- a black person coming towards them, and they have this unconscious fucking bias, and it's not their fault. It's it really isn't. We watch so much media. We were raised right. on entertainment that reinforced this over and over and over. So it's so hard to break any cycle. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's the fucking problem. Uh, but that's the real face of it is people who are like. They think they're on the right side. Of course, Black Lives Matter. Of course, of course. But you know what? Let me tell you how many fucking people who are marching with the Black Lives Matter that if they were walking in Brooklyn at two o'clock in the morning, they saw a black dude, they'd cross the fucking street, dude. Because I've seen that shit. You know what I mean? Like, and and I think that's the problem is like, they don't think that they're racist. And in 99% of their life, they're probably not. But it's still that 1% that they need to fucking reconcile with. Yeah, and I think that that's a process. And as long as they're being honest with themselves about it, yeah. like, okay, then uh, that, that's a fucking first step. I think that a lot of people, though, uh, you know, in this Run the Jewels album talks about it a lot, especially like Killer Mike, but, you know, just like the whole fucking idea of like, oh, you, you uh, do a little Twitter rant and you basically feel better about yourself. But really the tragedy is you've been robbed of your empathy, replaced it with right. apathy. Yeah, sorry. It's a good song. Best song on yeah, the album, no, probably. It's uh, it's fucking great. Um, but but it's very fucking true too. It's like a lot of my like very woke liberal friends. Like I have one who I will not name, who's all about Black Lives Matter right now. But I remember about fifteen years ago, they were more than happy to use the N word in a joke and thought it was okay. So it's like if you don't admit that there's growth to do or that you weren't innately born just a superior person, uh, you you need to fucking reckon with the fact that we're all human and that yeah. you do have your biases and that you're not really doing this for black people as much as you might be doing it to make yourself feel good. Yeah, the optics. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's the, it's the endorphin rush you get when you donate five bucks to, you know, some charity. Right. Uh I'll name that person. No, but speaking of that person, because I think it's the same person. I, I saw that post that you were referring to last episode. Mm-hmm. It's like two rapist presidents, blah, 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 blah. And I saw and I and I was like, oh no, not you, baby. No. <laughs> like I got so yeah. mad, man. Uh, and and it's rough because like that's a person that I think is so fucking intelligent and so like seriously I'm not even joking like we're not as close yeah. as you two are but fuck me I've always been just amazed by <laughs> oh my god I'm so sorry I'm sorry I'll bleep it out don't worry about it okay. uh, but I've always been like really amazed by her you know what I mean as a human being um, mm-hmm. and to see that kind of thought stop in real time is fucking heartbreaking dude because yeah. it's, you know you're capable of more than this right. Yeah, I mean, and it's a lot of it, I think, is maybe you're going for an easy laugh or like or react. A lot of it is existing in your own bubble or whatever. And it's like if you're only talking to people that share that point of view where it's like, oh, Biden is a rapist and Trump is a rapist. And it's like, like it's not productive. It doesn't move the needle forward on anything. Uh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what else to really say. I'm not trying to come after any of those people, but I just wish that they would fucking think about I wish they would think about like how many people are going to be affected by your indifference. Um, yeah. Well, there's no receipt on that, sadly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be great if like we were able to, to, to tally those things. You know what I mean? Like, well, your indifference killed 13 Guatemalans today. Like I would Directly. love that. Yeah. That, that would be amazing. <laughs> if every day you just got a literal receipt printed out of like a thing in your wall it was just like, you're a difference killed three Nigerians, 14 Guatemalans. No, dude, uh, listen, dude. What, caused what the if insect we, population to reduce by 0.001%. Yeah. Like, what if we literally fucking did that? Like, the good place touched on this, but like, okay, yeah. hey, that shirt you're I mean, wearing. we would all feel like shit. 
Yeah. Do you think we would actually change if we had faces to to the English? Because I think that's the thing, right? Like everyone likes a hamburger. But if you make mm-hmm. them meet their meat, very few people want to see a baby cow and then order veal. You know what I'm saying? Yo, like it, speaking of which, I was eating a fucking burger the other day. Delicious ass burger. I got it from like a local restaurant. I was supporting my local businesses and shit during these Corona times. And as I was scrolling through Facebook, munching on this burger, somebody posted a bunch of adorable cow photos. Just cows being fucking cute as fuck. And like, you know, just like, you know, being a little baby yeah, cow. Yeah, Max, but you're stuff. a sociopath. So I don't think that affected you at all. You were like, good. <laughs> Eight more like I, right that's where the story is. no it did i felt like shit i continued eating it and continued feeling worse i, I think it was like some sort of like self-punishment at that point but you we're hearing you news know, from inside you and shit because well on the one hand it's like i'm doing the moral good of supporting a local restaurant but on the other hand i'm doing the moral bad of eating a living thing or a once yeah. living thing so it's like cancel each other out right order a kale salad bro what are you doing you know like you're fucking up the environment max you single-handedly because i tell you to think globally but act locally so you got to start with your own backyard man stop eating cows listen man i'm on i'm I'm in the fucking south park generation you know where we were taught that you should greet every major issue with a a shrug of the shoulders and go oh why are you all freaking out that's how i live my life here's my retort spongebob also said you you can you can kill someone's parents and then feed them to them that's a thing you can do so you know if we're going by south park laws you're actually pretty benign man like that's a pretty good excuse you know it's not cannibalism (laughs) and the guys are chilly I know South Park has reckoned with this legacy uh, in its later seasons, but it really did like add to the problem, I think. And it's like, I'm not, not to say that you like limit what people make in terms of art, but like it really like approached every issue with that sort of libertarian uh, above the fucking fray sort of uh, approach, you know? Well, I got shitty about that because uh, specifically in the 2016 election, all you ever heard, like I, I would be making like posts, you know, I was getting into fights on fucking Facebook about politics or whatever. And then mm. being really shitty that like someone I really cared about was like voting for Trump or something. And I'd be trying yeah. to like passionately explain this. And then there's always some fucking bomber, some unseen sniper in the wings who's just waiting to come in and was like, you're mad at them for not wanting to choose between a giant douche and a turd sandwich. And I'm like, your fucking politics should be outside of fucking South Park. Like, I love South Park. It's a wonderful fucking satire. But please read. That's the problem that it, we talked about the bad fans, right? People watch the wrong way. That's Mm -hmm. them. These are the fucking idiots who have developed a whole ideology based on a goddamn cartoon, man. Yeah, because like the their takeaway or their lesson from South Park is, is what? Is, Is to say that like it's a lot easier to just be like, well, I didn't vote for that guy and I didn't vote for that guy, so it's not on me, you know? It's like everyone's stupid, everyone sucks. And then you don't have to think about it anymore. And that's how like problems continue to fucking continue unabated, you know? Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say they've they've kind of come at it. They've they've been making stands in the last couple they, seasons. They like have. Mexican Joker might be the funniest bit I've seen in years. I don't know if you saw that one, but I did. Uh, like I'm thinking specifically, I think it was something about like the bar um, when like Kyle is like, "Did we lower the bar? Were we part of the problem?" Yeah, and it's like in the background, Cartman is like fighting like a midget or something. <laughs> And it's like great fucking show. I'm not trying to come after that show, but it's like, like you said, bad viewers are taking the wrong lessons and we are kind of a part of that generation. That was like nineties comedy in a nutshell. Really? It was right. like that very kind of cynical nihilistic, like whatever I got mine. 
You know what's interesting to me is that I always feel like we go through these ebbs and flows of like kind of conservatism versus like the liberal kind of rapid movement. But mm. but it's really interesting to me because the '90s were very kind of dark, like adult oriented. Like even yeah. like other things that kids watch, right? Like a lot of kids watch wrestling when they're a kid or when they're little. I like I stopped watching wrestling when I was like ten or eleven. I don't know, but like when I was a kid, it was the '90s, which was like Stone Cold and The Rock and all these people. And that era is referred to as the Attitude Era. Because women would come out and flash people and because Stone Cold would fucking throw up birds and shit like that. And he was drinking beers and, and he was crashing into things. You know what I mean? Like, it was a whole fucking thing. Uh, and, then, and then, like, if you were to watch wrestling in the last 15 years, apparently it's become fucking the opposite. It's gone back to, like, friendly fucking kids, PG at best sort of fucking mentality, which is really interesting to me. Because there is this constriction, like, even comedy. Uh, South yeah. Park really was this like late 90s like vulgarity driven crude everything and like we saw that mm-hmm. in the comedies of the early 2000s and like now it's starting to shift the last five years but we've, we've even talked about art that came out like four or five years ago there's like date rape jokes and they're fucking well done date rape jokes but they're date rape jokes nonetheless <laughs> and it's yeah like, like fucking awesome. observant report I was just thinking about that oh, movie because somebody came yeah. out with an article about like how like uh, Jody Hill should have directed the Joker movie and they used observant report as a good example and I actually do like observant report a lot yeah. but it does have that one scene where uh, if you've never seen the movie um, uh, fucking Ronnie the character played by Seth Rogen is on a date with Anna Ferris. she takes a whole bunch of his medication he's like all right and uh, then, like, cut to him, like, fucking her, and she looks unconscious, and he goes, hey, are you awake? And she's like, why are you stopping, motherfucker? And then uh, he keeps going. But it was okay, because she yeah. consent, because that was the bar back then, because later right. we would all be like, well, as long as you eventually give consent, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking weird, man. I mean, I, I, do, I do think that movie would be way better if he would have directed it. You know what I mean? Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Anything other than Todd Phillips. I mean, not that he's a terrible director, but it's just like, it's just so far up his own butthole. (laughs) Yeah. Really descriptive. Like it's amazing that the, uh, the addition of hole really brings the image home in my mind. You know what I mean? I think we talked about this like asshole and butt uh, and butthead. Like, Mm or butthole like asshole and butthole holy shit butthole is way worse to me that's like a stab in the ribs and then a yeah, twist of the knife I don't it know is. Why. as i was saying it i was like oh that felt wrong to say <laughs> it becomes too visual asshole is just an insult a butthole is a part of the anatomy like you have to reckon right. with that before you it move becomes way it. too clinical <laughs> yeah it's way too much of a visual on that um yeah todd phillips uh go away you're weird you shouldn't have gotten nominated uh you're way too impressed with yourself i saw him sitting at a table with martin scorsese and fucking whoever else the directors were james mangold and like a bunch of other people from last year and i was like you don't deserve to be sitting in that seat next to yeah, Greta but, Gerwig, but there's, motherfucker. There's always one of those. There was one with like Adam Driver, Robert De Niro, uh, Jamie Foxx, and then like Shia LaBeouf. And I was like, oh, Shia. Like, look, I love you. I love you, Shia. I do. Tom Hanks was there too. Like, it was like people who had some gravitas. Like, if any of the, like, even Jamie Foxx, I understand why he's there. Because I think he's a good actor. He annoys me as a person. But as an actor, I, I kind of like Jamie Foxx. Um, I wish he did better movies. Driver would have been the new kid on the block there because obviously the work speaks for itself, but he doesn't have like the longevity as anyone else there. And then Shia, 
Shy is just there for no reason. And my point, no, don't, don't do that. Don't, this was like two mm. years ago before he had started putting no, any this, other work. This was from last year. I saw was the it? same thing with, with Bob De Niro and Adam Driver. This is the same year he did Peanut Butter Falcon and Honey Boy, which were both dope performances, to be honest. That's, you're not hearing me. I'm talking about the, 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 the fucking weight of a career. And I'm not saying yeah. I like Shia LaBeouf. I do. I like him in a lot of like smaller movies and shit. Like Transformers. But he has never... Nothing he has done too. has equaled one Adam Driver performance to me. And I really like the Peanut Butter uh, but peanut, peanut butter Falcon Express. What is that movie called? It's all fucking long you, you time. You got it right. Okay, peanut, sorry. Peanut Butter Falcon. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's like, no, and I, and I haven't seen Honey Boy now. I'm not trying to be an asshole. What I'm saying, though, is like Adam Driver is giving me like, un, like three or four like performances where I'm like, all right, that motherfucker's in. Like he deserves yeah. to be in that class with fucking at least Tom Hanks who gets by on charm not really acting let's be perfectly clear about that jeez i mean his acting's fine but you, you say talking. i harsh on hanks but that might be the most like denigrating thing ever said between the two of us about the guy he's fine he he's gets good. by on charisma he's good i liked him you know the most i've ever liked him was like turner and hooch man or, or that's that episode the most of happy you've days. ever liked tom hanks is that episode turner of happy hooch? days where he comes in and he uh he's a karate guy and he kicks the fawns if you haven't seen it you should watch it it's really good i don't I don't remember that episode. I do remember an episode. It was a very special episode of what was it? Not Family Matters. Uh, family Ties. Whatever Michael J. Fox was family in, ties, where he yeah. played it was Family Alex Ties. P. Where he, Keaton. Yeah, yeah, where he plays a little conservative uh, yeah. asshole. Um, next, Tucker Carlson or whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah, and Tom Hanks uh, comes in. Have you ever seen this episode? Um, no, I haven't. He, it's it's a very special episode about alcoholism. He's he's the uncle in the family, and he comes in and he gets like mad drunk with the dad, and they're having a few laughs or whatever. But like then he's like searching everywhere for alcohol. He's all out of money. He's like failing job interviews, and he like drinks some vanilla extract because he's just jonesing so hard for alcohol. And Alex P. Keaton, who's been looking up to him, is like, Uncle, you you got a problem. <laughs> That was it. That was. It. I don't remember <laughs> the ending. Sobs. I just remember. I remember him drinking vanilla extracts uh, as a kid, and I was like, "So you're telling me I could drink that and get drunk?" And my parents right. were like, "You were, you were, a little, you were the ankle to get fucked." I was like, "This guy's got a lot of good ideas about getting I, drunk." I, I do really like those because I always feel like a lot of the times there, there's a lot of misinformation. Like I have to imagine the first AIDS, uh, like a very special episode of mm -hmm. you know anything the first time like the aids one was mentioned it was them trying i guess in good faith to be like supportive of a cause but like the facts weren't in and shit like that they were just putting erroneous fucking information out there and it's right. like i think that's fucking hysterical because anytime they really like alcoholism that's old as the day is fucking young you know what i'm saying right. like that that's that it's long on the tooth alcoholism anything that's like addiction based but any any of these new social things right like all in the family they had entire episodes where it was just like all right we're going to just make this about women and black people talking to each other to marginalized groups. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was done by those real people with black and women writers. Uh, but, but that's not the story. Like Norman Lear is the anomaly of Hollywood. The, the, the right. truth of Hollywood is a bunch of like crusty old Harvard educated white dudes just making some shit up, pretending that they have perspective, you know? Right. Like, yeah, this is meth. This is what, this is like, Oh man, abortion. Am I right guys? <laughs> 
Yeah. I just no, remember um, every episode of like peer pressure. Like there was an episode of fucking smart guy because I was on Disney Channel when I was young. And he's like, it was just some little shithead fucking waspy kid that everyone had one in the neighborhood. Okay. With that fucking stupid Jonathan Taylor Thomas, like poofy hair that still oh, falls. It's parted in the middle or whatever. You fucking yeah. know it, dude. All right. Yeah. And, 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 and he's just like, he's like, I just remember he pulls out a bottle. He's like, peppermint schnapps. And I'm like, okay, first of all, first of all, no one would fucking drink that as a first drink. Okay. Like I like to think you gotta have some fucking class, smart guy. You're a smart yeah. guy. You shouldn't do this. Mm. Uh, and he gets drunk in the episode. But my point is, it's always handled. Does he have a good time thing. though? No, he's hungover. He throws up. Like, and there's this beautiful scene where the dad, he's like a roofer in the show, and he's like yeah. looking for. He's looking through the cabinets, much like Hanks was looking for his alcohol because because there had been like uh, earlier in the episode they planted this early. They had got in like a uh, prevent your team from drinking alcohol in the mail, like a little flyer. And then he's like, he's looking for it. He's like, oh, my son doesn't need this. Throws it away. Uh-oh. Without that flyer, he's going to drink now. You fucked up. So he blames himself. Anyway, the point is, TV is fucking uh, a myth. It was a mistake, I think. Yeah. I mean, we, we've done away, though, with those for the most part. Or I just don't watch teen shows. So maybe we haven't. Maybe they're still uh-huh. going strong to this day. I, I know, like, that show Euphoria on HBO is basically, like, every episode of that fucking show is a very special episode. Except, like, there's one part in the first episode that I... You know, I kind of appreciated his breath of fresh air where uh, the, the lead character who just got out of rehab says, you know, what? she's like, I, I, I know I'm not supposed to say this, but drugs are awesome. And it's oh. like, well, she's tripping or whatever. And uh, saw an interview with the guy who uh, wrote the show. Apparently, like he was a former drug addict. And he was like, yeah, like nobody ever fucking talks about this. And I got a lot of flack from people about that line. But it's like the reason I started doing drugs because drugs are fucking cool. No, drugs are cool. feel good. Yeah. Drugs make everything cooler. Like the, yeah. the problem is that it's a it's a like kind of a zero sum game. <laughs> like like right. I, it would be great if meth didn't physically make you rot from the inside, but right. it but does. It does. <laughs> yeah, know? if there are no consequences, to your drug heart use. can stop. Yeah, like there's a yeah. lot of problems with it, so it's best to just leave it alone, especially if you're not one of those people. Because that's the thing, Portugal figured that shit out. They're like, mm-hmm. listen, man, fucking ninety percent of people can totally just do anything recreationally. And they're yeah. going to be fine. There's not going to be return customers on that shit versus there are people who have addictive personalities and shit like that. You treat it as a health issue. So it's like, why aren't we all on that fucking board, man? I, I, at least ideologically, can we just all agree parents? I know we've been lying to our kids. Drugs are bad, but come on. Think back when you were a kid and you were fucking with drugs. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, my mom didn't fuck with drugs when she was a kid, so I could never have that conversation. Just later in life, huh? Your mom's fucking getting blazed now. Like, I saw your mom the other day. I'm like, you want to go to a movie? She's like, sure. Let me burn one down first. I'm like, what? Like, It was amazing. I'm so proud of your mom. I don't know if that story tracks given that all movie theaters are closed, but okay. (laughs) This is a couple of years ago. It was weird, man. It was fucking weird. I mean, hey, later in life, like that's the perfect time to start doing drugs if you haven't already. It's like zero consequences. No cop is going to be like busting 60, 70 year old people who gives a shit. You know, number two, you're going to die very soon anyway. You know, Uh, fucking live life to the fullest. Fucking get fucked up. Do meth. Do ecstasy. Do it at, at the same time. See what happens. Mix and match. It's go into a bad neighborhood. Put yourself at risk. 
Jump okay. off a building. I like this. This is like, here's the thing. I, if I release this episode, we may be culpable. <laughs> like if, if, if somehow <laughs> this is like a Halloween season yeah. of the witch situation and it just, it takes me over for, for the brain. 43% of our audience, which is 65 and up. Yeah. This right. might be, uh, we are a bad influence on them. It's our, sh- our show is the CBS of podcast for sure. Like we, it's just people who forgot to turn the TV off. And in this right. case, except you specifically have to seek us out in order to turn us on but you know it is weird that we don't get more uh like raunchy uh dirty grandpa kind of movies because you're right it's like look fuck i'm gonna die what are you gonna put me in jail fuck you you know what i mean like i I, it's weird that that doesn't happen more maybe it's just because they're old and they're like i ain't got energy i mean that that episode of community really covered it really well when uh, pierce falls in with that gang of like uh, old people like leonard and a bunch of other people who are like just fucking awful but like and, and they're like gonna go steal a car or something and then the guy like forgets who he is and where he is and crashes the car. And it's like, oh, that's why old people can't really fuck shit up. It's because they're old. That, that's sort of the tragedy of it, I think, is you don't have your mental faculties fully, but you also have the freedom to do whatever the fuck you want without consequences. Right. So being a kid both, is kind of like, I mean, that's the thing. Being a kid is what you know, Shakespeare fucking said it, right, man? Like, mm-hmm. It's cradle to the grave, baby. You become you become a baby again at the end. It's a circle of life. It's actually kind of pretty. Direct Shakespeare quote. Cradle he said to that. The babe, baby. He was in a. He's just all shaft at the Globe. You know, he was going through a fucking phase. I don't. I don't want to tell you, but that'd be amazing if William Shakespeare wrote Shaft. Wait, that's a bit. Didn't someone do that? I feel like didn't Key and Peele do some bit where they go see uh, Othello because it's the Moor of Venice or whatever, and they get mad because they're because like, the first act comes out, they're like, "Hey, Othello, though, what's up?" Then they come out, and it's a fucking tragedy. He gets cucked. I mean, imaginary cucked, and then. He kills Desdemona. It's not a good story. Uh, and no. then he like they they beat up William Shakespeare. And I think the next week he premieres Shaft or something. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be fucking lit. Uh, uh, Key and Peele, man. I, I go into like little deep dives on their stuff every now and then. And it's still funny. Yeah, no, they're great. But don't gloss over my Shakespeare writing in the black exploitation genre because that would be fucking amazing. But didn't man. you just say that that was a key and peel bit? I didn't want to like give you too much credit for it. It's great. Well, I mean, no, no, I'm saying we transport Shakespeare from the 1500s or whatever the fuck he was fucking around, 1600s, oh, and we bring him, him back like to right 1970s uh, Hollywood. Yeah, Foxy like, Brown. Hey. I want you to uh, capture the black exploitation movement of the right now that you have no context for. Yeah, Eddie. Eddie well, he's a writer. All right, he's the yeah. best, best hired guy of the game. So he's going to give you pages. They're not going to make sense. He's going to spend right. a lot of time just fucking writing soliloquies about the nature of darkness versus light and silhouettes and shadows and donut holes and shit. Like that's right. what he's going to do. Maybe he's throwing he, a few dick jokes in there, but you don't know they're dick jokes because they're all like flowery and poetic and stuff, like he used to do. Yeah, I I I, I, I want to riff one. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, I, I see you uh, the, uh, uh, touch. I am the, not going <laughs> to throw you like a fucking life preserver, by the way. I'm waiting. I was like, <laughs> wait, how does Shakespeare talk again? I don't know iambic pentameter. This shit's hard, man. This is why he's the man for the job. Oh, to, to improvise Shakespeare on the fly? Yeah, it's not easy, dude. <laughs> Oh, oh, well, I'm sorry that I let you down, man. That's Do you think my that goal. Shakespeare gotta... was just like a fucking crass piece of cock, like a cockney piece of shit. 
like in real life, like the way he actually <laughs> talked. Okay, that might be the fucking. Why haven't we written that for real? Because like, just a, a blimey fucking Shakespeare. Or tits, bring me some more beer, eh? And he like pukes on himself, and then he writes like a fucking beautiful treatise on the human condition. It's a masterpiece, isn't it? <laughs> I just wanted to say, isn't it? It's my favorite. Oh, bruv, you want to go? Fucking bites. What is he, guy. fucking uh, Gambin? He sounds like Michael Gambin. <laughs> you know, I mean, now that you say it, like, how do we know Gambin isn't just Shakespeare, you know? Reincarnated. Been fucking around. Oh, no, no, because I don't think he ever died. He's just been fucking oh, around, like, shapeshifting. He's just like, he's just like va- vampire rules, but he can walk in sunlight because he's Michael fucking Gambin. Here's the thing. If you did have immortality and you weren't famous, you could probably just fuck around forever. Like, no one would ever know that you... You would have to restart your life every, like, 30 years or something. You know? Like, they, uh, that's the thing. It would get harder in today's modern surveillance state. And this is something yeah. I've thought about. Is like, for a vampire story, like, you can't really do a modern vampire story now. You know, it doesn't make sense because everybody's tracked. Everybody has to have, like, a fucking credit card and a phone and whatever. It's pretty hard to be anonymous. Back in the 1800s, like, who gave a fuck? You know, you can move into a town, only be around at night. Nobody would know. That's all I got. Okay. I mean, I thought you were ramping up. I was ready. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, did you not <laughs> see it in my eyes? I was so excited. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. I got no retort to that. That spooked me. I mean, you don't, you don't have to have a retort. I'm just saying that it would be a lot harder now to be a fucking vampire because it's like, oh, like, uh, where's your social security card? And be like, oh, I've got to go. And be like, uh, uh, do you have a cell phone? Uh, what, what's your security? Yo, bro, what's your Insta? What's, what's, your, twi- what's your Twitter handle? <laughs> Can I add you on Facebook? And you'd be like, oh, I don't have any of that. The vampires like, what's only up with this guy? And that, that would just, oh, yeah. LinkedIn. They're just LinkedIn. That's it. That's the one. But it's like, well, LinkedIn, come on. Like, Dude, like, do you have LinkedIn? No, who fucking has LinkedIn? No one really has LinkedIn. I know you do. You're like a professional, but I'm over here. No, I don't. Oh, don't. I, don't. Okay. I don't. But everybody at my job does. And it's like, it's really weird. Um, like my, my boss uh, will always like kind of fucking uh, spy on people that she's just met on LinkedIn. She'll be like, yeah, I looked them up on LinkedIn. They, they, they worked like uh, one job every two years, which is not a good sign from an HR perspective. And I'll be like, oh, shit. Mm. Yeah, see, that's <laughs> what I don't like. No, I got to tell you. No, no, because that, like, that's, it's like Google Earth. It's like, look, sure, maybe it started with altruistic intent, but yeah. at some point that just became a stalker tool, like a creepy surveillance state stalker tool. And remember when that shit came out? We were all like, oh, shit, man, we can type in our address. It'll fucking, the world will spin. It'll come in. We were loving yeah. it. Arcade Fire made videos out of it. And then what? That's right. Arcade Fire did make videos out of that. And it would usually crash half the time because it opened up too many tabs. Yeah. They didn't think through that technology, man. They got satellites yeah. working in space, but not the bandwidth to pull it off. We, we weren't ready for it. But yeah, you're right. Like at the time, it was like, oh, cool. I can look at the pyramids of Giza and then I can look up my friend Ralph's, you know, uh, fucking childhood address. It's like, why yeah. do you need that power? What do you need that for? I don't know. But again, this is, is cool, though. This is kind of what I'm saying. It's like the achievements of humanity fucking astound me sometimes. Like in the macro, like despite the overwhelming stupidity that we are fucking confronted with on a regular basis, there are still people fucking inventing shit, like getting like refining technology, like everything. The technology is not getting worse. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we thought we would see that tipping point where like 
shit is not doing any better, but like, no, our technology, our cameras are getting better. Our TVs are getting better. The way we project things are getting better. Our automobiles are getting more efficient. Our fucking, uh, our planes, our jets that we're using when they're not crashing, they're getting better Dude. fuel economy. I mean, we, we've talked about some version of this for the past couple of podcasts, but like I've been, I've been researching cause I'm going to build a computer soon or whatever. And like what, one, one uh, thing that astounds me is storage because it yeah. used to be that you had to have an entire room for just a few like uh, megabytes of storage. And now we can fit like terabytes of storage on something that's an inch big, if that. And it's like, it's just going to continue getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, it's nuts, man. It's like, there's no, there's no stopping in sight. Where do we go from here? I mean, this may be a little eternal sunshiny, but it's like, okay, if we can store memories and stuff like that, or we can, we can store information, we can store storage mm -hmm. and all that fucking nonsense. It's like, how far do you think we are from that as a legitimate thing? Because like the, the cyber, what's the cybernetic augmentation, I believe it's called? Like that's already sort of happening now. There's that guy who's got like a little weird antenna thing. I forget, he's from Sweden or something. Like it's happening. Yeah. It's a thing. It's, it's real. So, okay, yeah. we're in the nascent stages of that. That's going to take a while before that becomes widespread, you know? Like, but eventually it seems like that's where the cookie's going to crumble sort of thing. Um, so it's Jurassic like, do you think- Jurassic Park too. Jurassic Park? What do you mean? So article came out today. I didn't mean to derail you, um, but no dinosaurs are way fucking cooler. Article came out that said within five years, we'll be able to clone a living dinosaur. Okay. I'm so into it, but also we do have an entire series of films about why that's not a good, right. Idea. Right. And that would be like us as a society to have made what six films at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like exploring this premise and then warning us the message. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, if anything goes wrong to any degree, we'll only have ourselves to blame. You know, Spielberg will be the fucking libertarian in the room with his arms crossed going, I told you so. I told you. I, 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 I warned I you. Because <laughs> think about this. Like, if this becomes a real thing, and then, like, like he's, he's like, he's Steven Spielberg's retired from filmmaking. Today, he speaks yeah. before Congress. And then he's sitting there. He's like, listen, um, I'm, no. <laughs> That's all I, I feel says. like, yeah, like, no. And then he just sits there. <laughs> for two hours to answer mr no spielberg questions. can you elaborate no i just fucking no no he, he just like fucking turns his laptop hits play and just the first jurassic park fucking <laughs> he didn't scream for projection he just like it's got a like a like a fucking 11 inch mac like, mini like a, two, a 2011 hp laptop fucking he's been having for like years this is Steven's play. Video Village, guys. Uh, take a look. Take a gander. All right. This is this Steven's what's gonna Video Village. You know where all the money's gonna be? Video stores. <laughs> this was him. He wanted to retire from filmmaking way earlier. He's like, look, I know where the racket's going. All right. We can open VHS stores. You know, everybody's watching their movies on laptops. So what if we sold laptops that only played one movie? You rent it, bring it home. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he bet wrong? He was a Laserdisc guy, I think. Like, I think he was all about that Laserdisc. He didn't back DVD. He thought it was dumb. Yep. He also was in backing Netflix, too. And he was, like, trying to argue for the exclusion of, like, the Irishman and Roma and all this well, other shit. Lost. So, so yeah. fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. It's my official He's stance. a great filmmaker. And he's going to be an even better lobbyer for the, the anti-dinosaur the dinosaurs <laughs> were the bad idea, yeah. If a Star War happened, we wouldn't turn to George Lucas, though. That's the thing. Like, like Spielberg has a level of credibility that Congress would bring him in. No one's bringing right. George into a no, room. Nobody is going to bring that old windbag in. The dude looks like a walking bagpipe. He's always wearing a flannel shirt. He's very inflated. 
I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not fucking standing for that nonsense. Uh, one weird thing, this does bring me to something, is like, are we going to get to the point where we start modeling our future inventions off of existing science fiction? Because like, you look at like what Elon Musk is doing with like spacesuits and shit, and he's like modeling it after like uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey spacesuits and shit. Like they're, they're taking design cues from dystopian science fiction of yesteryear. Which is interesting. So what if we use that to guide us into our dystopian reality? Yeah, I mean, it, would, it wouldn't be the first time because I've said this before, like the 9-11 thing is really interesting because 9-11, the, the, the prevailing thought was like, oh my God, we never could have imagined, but we blew up the White House fucking three years before that or some shit or six years before what, that. Independence Day? Yeah, so it's like, no, we, we, we create our own. That's the truth. Like humans create this thing. Like they create yeah. these fucking they literally breathe life into them as possibilities. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone was thinking about like, Hey, we can bring down a whole building. You know, they, they did in 93. They were like, let's do it the old fashioned way. We'll do it with some fucking bombs. Then they're just like, no, fucking Hollywood, baby. Like Independence (laughs) Day came out and they figured it out. They're like, no, just throw the whole thing in there. So it's like, if we were to backslide our civilization while simultaneously going forward, right? Space race and space travel and shit. Uh, it would not be the first time that we've 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 made our bed, so to speak, as a as a civilization. Right. You know. So so when we're out there, you know, dealing with HAL uh, supercomputers out in space, and meanwhile the dinosaurs are fucking breaking out of the dinosaur park, uh, we'll only that's, have that's a crossover, dude. No, hold on, because we we were so like fucking steeped into like oh dinosaurs, okay, sure, yeah. or technology bad. But yeah. like dinosaurs and a super intelligent computer happening at the same fucking time. She, that's the, those two crises converging at the same time that the day after tomorrow is happening and super storms yeah. are fucking up our cities. Baby, that's a terminus. That's what we call a terminus. All right. Like right. shit gets raw at that point because the dinosaurs will look at us as, or not the dinosaurs, the computer has to look at humanity as a threat. Like, yeah, yeah. that's again, our, that's Ray Bradbury and Orwell and all these fuckers, you know, what is the most obvious solution? Get rid of the people humans dinosaurs they don't have dinosaur politics they don't have dinosaur israel and that's a big deal you know what i mean because if Mm -hmm. dinosaurs had israel because israel is a concept creates conflict no no humans create conflict you know what i mean so computer nips that in the bud right away and then makes the dinosaurs intelligent fuck yeah i mean this is where maybe you know what oh well, no, hold on, because then we backslided to Jim Henson's dinosaur show. Like, that was also prophetic. Like, they were just always going to be intelligent dinosaurs. We just had to wait till humanity fucking died out. That's all. We were the, we were the stopgap between that and the, oh, you're going off camera. No, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> I thought it was such a badass line. I was like, let me just go off frame. Bye. <laughs> we need to release video versions of these <laughs> at some point. Um, yeah, man, I don't fucking know. Like, uh, we are at this weird point in in our in our human history where, like, all of those uh, science fictiony things seem suddenly very possible. The San Junipero Black Mirror shit all seems possible, like all of it. Uh, fucking uh, Planet of the Apes and uh, Jurassic Park and dinosaurs seem possible. You know, fucking two thousand one Space Odyssey and any other malignant AI thing seems possible. It's like, what if that all happens at once? What are we going to do? It'll be cool as fuck. Yeah, and I've told you about this. Like, that's the same fear that I have of like, okay, the pandemic's happening. But then like, I live on a fault line. And all I can think about is like, God, you know, California really doesn't need right now. It's a yeah. fucking earthquake, man. Like kick <laughs> like, us while we're down. Yeah, yeah. but it's like, I, I think that we're kind of, we're, we're, we're always teetering on the edge of that, you know? 
and, and this, this coronavirus really put that into perspective for me is like, what if something else happened? And now we have like the protests, which are a good thing. Yeah. Like, what if something on top of that happens? What if we have like a natural disaster? Hurricane season is happening right now. What if aliens decide this is the moment? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that would be fucking weird. I'm not even being like that sarcastic. Obviously, that's not really a thing. But although fucking NASA said that too, that they think that there's like, fucking Dolores told me the story. I don't want to be this guy who's just putting out bad it's information. It's like 23 or like, something. Potentially habitable. Down to a specific number, yeah. Dude. It's like contactable alien civilizations. Dude, that is fucking up. Because I think that's the greatest human achievement that we potentially could see. It's likely we won't. I mean, like the universe is so fucking big. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so it's probable that we won't. But imagine we do make contact before our lifetimes. It changes the game. It changes literally everything. Fucking religion gone. Like it has to be at that point because we've sort of disproven it. You know what I mean? Like unless Elrond we do some comes back, we do some pretzel logic to convince ourselves that religion is still real. <laughs> In the Bible, God created no life in the universe but here. In the Bible. It's in the first chapter. All right? It's the first book. So I have some problems with that. They'd be like, well, he didn't mean this world. Right. I mean, if they can make the mental gymnastics to make uh, fucking Trump seem competent and like a fearless leader and excuse every ridiculous thing he says, which is everything he says, then I have no doubt that they'd be able to do it with aliens. You know, because the aliens aren't going to get up on the pulpit and be like, hey, I disagree. Here's my counter argument. I mean, maybe they would. That'd be lit if they were a bunch of alien debaters that could speak English and explain themselves. Be like, here's why we're going to eradicate all life on Earth. Yeah, I, I don't think language is going to be their biggest hiccup. If they've mastered interstellar travel, like language is going to be like a like a like a matrix scene. Like, hey, can you? OK, cool. Yeah. Now. I know karate now. You know what I mean? Like that's all they have to do. Aliens are that smart and evolved. They got knowledge in like capsules and shit, which is kind of what I was saying. Going back to the like microchip thing for a minute. It's just like you could in theory remove memories like that black mirror episode. What is that called? Uh, it's where he records everything. I forget what it's called, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like that's possible. Eternal sunshine. Like you could have things taken out. I think it's, it's like that all of this shit's well within our lifetime and that's probable. The alien thing is like, Oh, that'd be cool. But yeah, like, that, that's like a point zero 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 yeah. something chance that percent chance that that would happen. You know, I don't doubt that they're out there, but just the contact part, but the cyberpunk shit where we're yeah. like uh, reprogramming ourselves and have cybernetic limbs and all that. It's very possible. Dude, I got a bad shoulder now. Like, bring on the fucking cybernetic shoulder. That'd be lit. Hell yeah. If we could be like robots, like that movie Surrogates with Bruce Willis. Never saw it, but I'll take it's your word good. for it. It's not good. It's not good. Well, Bruce Willis was in it, so I, I mean, thought it was probably bad. <laughs> You're going to go in a different direction with that. Yeah, the, the concept of surrogates, if you don't know, is that uh, you, you open the movie and Bruce Willis is young and he's got hair and everything and he's like he's like 35 year old Bruce Willis and you're like what's going on here on Candy Valley uh and he's like running and jumping way higher than any human should and you find out that that's robot version of Bruce Willis and the real Bruce Willis is old ass Bruce Willis and he's controlling his robot like uh avatar or whatever and that everybody's doing that and then at the end of the movie everybody wakes up and the robot avatars is like die and they all shuffle out and like all the people that looked hot as fuck they're 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 ugly they're old they're out of shape they're pale i mean that sounds fun yeah but i mean it's like reality is better than robot reality is the contention of the movie i guess i don't know 
But is it? It sounded like they were having a gay old time in the robot world. Fucking shit up. Running, jumping, Olympics, yeah. triathlons. Well, in the movie, Bruce Willis like wakes up halfway through and he's like, I got to expose the lie. It's like some Soylent Green shit. I don't really remember. It's not a good enough movie to pay attention to. But, you know, I just remember everybody wakes up and everybody hasn't seen the sun in a minute. Bruce Willis might be the weirdest fucking guy in Hollywood. I mean, he's a weird, bald fuck, man. And like cantankerous and he's getting old. I remember watching him on Jon Stewart once and it was like kind of a bit, but it also wasn't a bit where he was like looking at himself in the monitor and he was just like, oh, time, time. <laughs> it was so fucking wow. weird, man. It was so I mean, he's, he's, he's starting to look like Mr. Magoo or something. Yeah. he's not an action star anymore like the, like in my opinion like it's hard for me to uh, imagine him carrying another one of those movies at 60 something years old yeah i mean that's kind of the problem is like harrison ford's like almost he's, he's creeping up on 80 in a few years right and it's like they're, they're still talking about this fucking indiana jones 5 movie yeah. and it's like i know it's going to be mangled or whatever and yeah. some other writer but like why why you know get a different actor or let's don't say uh kentucky uh kentucky smith, kentucky smith. Kentucky. james mangle gets his own gets his own franchise called kentucky smith <laughs> he doesn't really give a shit about museums or being archaeologists of all the of all the states that you can name a person kentucky smith i wanted to be close i wanted to be close to mm-hmm. the uh you know the the geographical location of indiana indiana jones kentucky smith i wanted to keep no, i i see what you did there and i love it I'm not yeah. criticizing it. I'm okay. not coming after it. I've, I'm fucking on board. Continue. Here's the thing. Please. Kentucky Smith, he's not one of these city slickers, all right? He's from a holler. His family's been in that holler for 115 goddamn years, okay? Took it away from the engines. Hmm. Uh, and he's still so sore is his, about is his, <laughs> is his catchphrase like, uh, it belongs in a holler. Yeah, it belongs in a holler, which is like holler, uh, Kentucky. Listen, like that's not an appropriate place for for articles of history. We need to preserve them. Kentucky's way too hot. It's got pollution. Like, doesn't Side, matter. Sidebar: <laughs> uh, What constitutes a holler exactly? When does it stop being a holler and start being a town? A holler, if I'm correct, is a yeah. town that is built in the, uh, the, the, the lowest points and then stacked up on a hillside. So it's in between two mountains. And a holler is the, that like crater, so to speak. And, and then valley, they build up. It's like an, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Continue. I'm sorry. I mean, that's all. I mean, Kentucky, what do you need? Kentucky Smith, he's just a guy who believes in hollers, man. Believes in, uh, in uh, fucking old Milwaukee. So is he just a regular <laughs> redneck? He's not like a, a, a globe-trotting adventurer. He's just a redneck. Well, he, no, no, he gets around, but it's not really. <laughs> gets around where? Kentucky, specifically? or like... Sure, we start local. I mean, come on, man. Like, well, we, just, we can't cut to Uruguay. I mean, what are we doing here? Like, Kentucky Smith, come on, man. explain the process, all right? I First... love that this is your pitch as an alternate for Mangold, a renowned Hollywood director, to, to make an Indiana Jones-type character. It's great. I mean, someone's got to do it because leave well enough alone. You know, you can hire Chris Pratt to be Kentucky Smith. Like, that's fine. That's probably a good choice for that fucker. You know, I I miss Chris Fat, you know. (laughs) It's really interesting to me that we as a society can just call someone fat and it's funny because Fat Damon is the funniest thing in the world. Poor Jesse Plemons is a good actor, but he's Fat Damon. We're always going to call him that, you know. 
I prefer Meth Damon because it's it's less mean, and I respect him as a performer. Chris Fat, on the other hand, you know, <laughs> it's just it always man. works. Yeah, no, I, I stopped him. liking him when him and Anna Ferris broke up because Anna Ferris, like a dog, Max, is a great judge of character. You know what I mean? Uh, so, Why did you have to go out of your way to compare her to a dog? I just want the good parts <laughs> like of a, a dog, dog Max. <laughs> because like they you say, say Anna Ferris is a great judge of character. Because I just watched Knives Out, and he says a dog is an excellent judge of character. So I was just passing it along. Don't blame me. Blame Ryan Johnson. Blame Ryan Johnson. Piece of shit. More like Lion Johnson. More like Ruin Johnson. <laughs> More like, uh, I'm subverting every expectations, comment. Johnson. Yeah. I fucking I hate the internet. Humanity was a mistake. I think about it all the time, and it's just like if like the only reason that I haven't become a super a, a full on supervillain and just destroyed humanity is because like you and Dolores are around. If you guys died in a freak accident, that's you'd be it. done. You'd be full supervillain. Yeah, no, I just figure out like I'd become a fucking chemist. I'd I'd figure out some next pandemic because obviously we don't know how to handle that shit. Uh, so you'd, you'd seven monkeys everything and or twelve monkeys everything. Seven monkeys, yeah, twelve monkeys. I conflated the movie Seven with twelve a prequel, monkeys. Seven monkeys, and it's fucking yes. riveting. Okay. Yeah, I mean, come on. Five fewer monkeys, but all the action you believe in, man. I mean, Brad Pitt's detective character versus Brad Pitt's character in Twelve Monkeys. That'd be box office gold. That would yeah, be an uh, yeah, endurance test, Max. <laughs> What's bet. in the box again? He'd be like, it's a virus. <laughs> it wouldn't be drool? good. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, you're, you're going to unleash a virus onto the world. And I mean, destroy that's like one of my ways to kill humanity. I haven't figured it out. I'm thinking about bringing the moon, bringing the moon down. Oh. It'd be the way to do it. Down, throw a little lasso on that thing and just bring her a little I don't, closer. I don't love the Avengers, but I love that part where he like kind of throws the moon at somebody. That's kind of badass. Oh, Than- Thanos, when he's yeah, like, dude. <laughs> That was a good yeah. part because that was the thing they released like a year early. Remember, that was like Comic-Con footage and all of us, like even me, I ain't going to pretend I was too cool for school back then. I was like, okay, like this motherfucker threw a moon at somebody, Max. I got so excited. Then I watched the movie and I was like, God damn. but that's the way I would do it. I would throw a moon at the earth. Here, here's a question that yeah. I think we brought up early in our podcast, if we ever did, is if there was a button, where, one button where you could turn off the internet altogether everywhere and it would never be turned on again would you press it uh probably you know because that's the interesting thing like look we had our chance like the internet was the garden of eden and we and we ate the forbidden fruit like we really did we had this limitless fucking possibility and what did we do with it for the most part like we squandered it and by the way the internet had existed for a long fucking minute or whatever and it was used from government to government and it should probably stay like that i'm not saying we don't like scientists should be able to speak to each other and all that shit but i mean for the mass populace like probably not i think we fucked up so it should just be all on closed servers for like scientists to fucking communicate and like you asked me a question i'm just answering man i just feel like we wandered yeah okay well now you understand me we fucked up we don't deserve toys. So Christian would press the button and destroy the internet and millions and millions of people's lives and also destroy them with a virus. Tune in next week where we talk about something else. <laughs> My doorstep. <laughs> Where's 
Burrito.